Enchanted Tiki Talk is brought to you by Kingdom Strollers. Our premium stroller and crib rentals are delivered straight to your Disney or Orlando area resort. It couldn't be easier. Book yours at KingdomStrollers.com. And Mouse Pros. Let our travel specialists plan your next vacation. Our concierge level service gives you the perfect hassle-free vacation. Get your free quote from Sean or any of our magical agents at MousePros.com. And now, it's show time! Your attention, please. One show for you to see. One for you and everyone. Oh, look at all the people. Pay attention, it's show time. I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the Glee Club. Aloha. Come to the Tiki Room. Get your expialidocious tickets right here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Enchanted Tiki Talk. I am here with Matt this week. What's going on, Matt? Just hanging out, man. Yeah, me too. It was a dream. Oh, man. I'm so glad you're living the dream because I'm living a nightmare. I'm actually... uh... I'm kind of glad we had some storms roll through and the temperature and the humidity has actually calmed down for a little bit. So it's not, you know, walk outside and melt into a puddle of butter right now. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. Well, I'm glad you're cooling off. It's not going to last. I mean, it's just kind of a, to get everybody a fake sense of fall or whatever. So they'll drop your guard down and then probably right. this weekend it'll be back up to 100 degrees. Right, exactly. Uh, so Keith's not here this week. He's busy working, whatever Keith does. So uh, we'll see him again probably next week. He's doing that chef thing. Yeah, chef. Alright, so uh, some interesting facts that I've come across about Disney, which I did not know. The original Dumbo ride featured a mouse brandishing a whip to make the elephants fly. Since then, the whip has been replaced with a magic feather. I did not know that. Actually, now that you say that, I remember at one time there was a whip, but I guess I had forgot about it and just assumed that the feather was always there. That's that's interesting. I guess because of the whole animal cruelty thing that they took right. the whip out of play, so... Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense because I don't even know. In the movie, did Timothy did he have a whip? It was always the magical feather, right? I don't remember. You know, I don't. It's been so long since I've seen the Dumbo movie. My kids did not like the Dumbo the the cartoon, I should say. So yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll have to go watch it now because I'm curious. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, another interesting fact that I came across was that uh, the I knew this but I I didn't know um, just the age but the Prince the Prince Charming Regal Carousel was once located in the Olympic Park Park in Maplewood New Jersey which isn't too far from where I, where I live and it was built in 1917 I know that the carousel was in a couple other locations after that, but uh, it has gotten around. But it's just amazing to think that's a hundred years old. A hundred year old an attraction is still running. Was the one in Disneyland? Wasn't it famous from somewhere else too? It's not like they. Uh, that's something else. I guess we'll have to research on. But 
but yeah, to, to get on something that's you know been around for that long, it's kind of I couldn't tell you the last time I got on that carousel, but it's kind of cool to, to stop and think that it's been there, you know, operating for that long. It makes you wonder how many revolutions that that thing is oh, actually. Yeah. That would, I would like to see I mean, how many times it goes around in a circle in a day. Right. Like, uh, I mean, that's got. It's, I wonder if that's one of those things that we can ask WDW today and they can they could tell us. I mean, you would think for uh, for maintenance purposes, they've got some kind of a counter right. every time it goes around. So I would think that it would be something somebody somewhere is keeping track of. It's just whether or not they have... They would have the general population to have access to it, or, or want to reveal that, or something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that'd be interesting to find out because uh, I'm. I wonder if it's. I, I'm sure it's had to have crossed a million in, in a hundred oh, years. Oh, I, you know? I think that would do that probably in a a, co- a year or a couple years or so. I mean, you think as many times it goes around and it's working from just say nine to nine, three hundred sixty-five days a year. Right. I, I bet it gets up there pretty quick. Yeah, I would think. Right. Uh, maybe I'm overthinking it. I may, I may be. Who knows? I don't. I just don't know. I don't know how many times you even go around when you're actually on it. Four or five times, maybe. Well, probably more than that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it could be in the millions. Yeah. Um, the Astro Orbiter when it first opened in 1974. Do you know what the original name was? And it wasn't like you know, Mission to Mars was the where stitches now. Um. I know Rocket Rods was in Disneyland. No, I, I can't remember. Star Jets. Ah, yes. Now that you say that, I, I would have never remembered. But now that you say that, I remember maybe seeing a sign or something in a picture. Uh, but I think as long as I've been going, it's always been Astro Orbiter. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've, I've heard the name, but uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't think I've ever written the name when it was yeah. on there. But um, approximately, how many people? Does the Walt Disney World Railroad serve per year? Holy moly. Um, per year? Yeah. Let's go with... $1.2 million. Close, $1.5 million. Wow, okay. I figured I was going to be way under. but No, I mean, that's that's a decent amount. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to picture how many it holds, and then, now granted, it's not always a full car every time it goes, and, but yeah, that, that's, you think that's a lot of people, <laughs> that thing moves around. Yeah, I mean, really, if you think about it, 1.5, that's a lot of people, I mean, because you just, if that's the amount of people that are riding through on the train, how many people are coming into that park per year, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh. That's a hefty number. Yes, it is. Do you know what speed you come down the hill on Splash Mountain? Uh, I know that they advertise it as, I think he at one time said 60 miles an hour, but I don't think it's really that fast. I'm going to say 45. Close, 40. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's pretty close. Um, let's see what else do I have here. What is the size of Andy's footprint um, in Toy Story Land? Extra, extra large. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-eight 
25 feet long. Wow. That's... Which is the equivalent of size 240. Let's see here. I could put on 24. I could put 24 of my feet in there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one last thing was each president in the Hall of Presidents wears clothes made using the techniques of the time. So while George Washington's suit was hand sewed, George Bush's suit was stitched together by a sewing machine. That's pretty neat. That's I, I never knew that. I mean, I knew that you want to try and keep it, you know, as close to that period, but I never knew that they actually went as far as that. You know how it was tailored and everything. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and actually, the last one I'm going to talk about is that I didn't know this, uh, but the steam engines on the Disneyland Railroad are fueled by old French fry oil. So that's why it smells so good. That's why I get, <laughs> they get so many people on the train. They're like, oh, French fries. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, I, I, I figured it ran on you know, your typical steam and coal and everything. I didn't know that it would. I guess in California, it's a little different with all the admissions and right. all the different requirements you got to have over there so yep all right so with that let's take a quick break at the disney mgm studios your day can take any direction MGM Studios, where showbiz is. All right, we're back from break here. So this week on Enchanted Tiki Talk, we're going to talk about some of those things that you should not do at Walt Disney World. We know about things that you should do, like spend money, eat food. (laughs) (laughs) But what things shouldn't you do in Walt Disney World? Matt, what do you think is something that you shouldn't do in Walt Disney World? And I know you wanted to say run around Main Street USA nude, but I don't think that's the right thing to say. Well, I mean, you definitely don't want to do that because you're not going to be coming back anytime soon. That's true. Um, uh, I think as much as I would like to go and try and do this, I think that going and just kind of freelancing everything and walking up and just taking whatever attraction is a a short wait and... uh, you're basically not going to be able to get into anywhere that's a sit-down restaurant. So going with no plans is probably the worst thing you could probably do other than running down Main Street naked. Yeah, I guess pretty close to that. I mean, you you should plan in advance. I mean, you don't necessarily have to plan at 180 days out for dining, but I don't think you should just be like, okay, today, you know, today's Wednesday and be like, okay, let's fly down to Disney World tomorrow and, you know, let's go eat at Chef Mickey's and Ohana's. That's just not going to happen for the most part. So, I mean, you are going to have to plan to some extent whether, uh, I, I think you probably more so than anything, you have to lower expectations when you're uh, trying to book something last minute, you know? Yeah, there was a, a guy in my neighborhood I was actually talking to, and he had made mention he, that him and his family were thinking about going down to, to Disney, and he said he quickly realized that it's not a, you know, 
let's drive down this weekend and figure out what we're going to do when we get there. He's like, oh, I'm looking at at least six to nine months before we even start right. getting, getting to go on the trip. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of the way it is now. You you can't just drive down there and do things on a whim anymore. I mean, if you're on your own, you could probably get away with it. But going as a family, it's just it's not right. going to work. You know, and also sticking with that topic, I would say, like, I wouldn't expect you can't expect that you're going to do everything when you're in in Disney. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just not possible unless you're coming from the UK and you plan to stay there for two weeks. But the the average American family, they're going to go down for five to seven days on average. Not going to go much more than that. It's going to be closer to five than it is probably to seven, I would guess. And. You know, they're probably going to do one day in each park and maybe they'll do one more of their favorite park after that or maybe hit a water park. But even if you have, you know, if you're doing those five days, you're not going to hit. Chances are you're not going to hit every single attraction that you wanted to, especially depending on the time of year that you go. So if you're there on Fourth of July or Christmas, the chances of you doing all the major headliners are probably slim to none. Yeah, and even the people that have gone down and uh, done the challenge at the Magic Kingdom where they do every attraction in one day. Just following them, you know, on social media, it's you know it's exhausting to me. So I couldn't imagine going down there with that kind of expectation. I mean, I can understand if you haven't been there before and you're thinking, oh well, you know, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot we can knock this out. But then once you get there and you see what all is involved with it, it's very unrealistic to try and do something like that. Yeah, it's true because like if you really look at it, Magic Kingdom's got the most attractions, we know that. And if you look at Epcot, Epcot's got, I don't know, offhand seven attractions, eight attractions, whatever it is. But at Epcot itself, there's a lot of walking involved. So you might go do Soarin' and then want to go do uh, the Frozen Ride, and then you do the Frozen Ride, and then you're like, oh, um, you got to go over to Germany. So you got a little bit of a walk to go over to Germany, and then you realize, oh, we forgot to go do uh, Nemo and Friends. So now you're walking back over to Nemo Friends, and that's like a, if you walk, you take the long way, it's like 1.5 miles or 1.2 miles. So you're going to, Epcot, you're going to pack on a lot of steps, and you're going to burn through your shoe soles to do what you, if you're trying to do everything there, it's hard. And just for instance, Epcot, I, I feel pretty safe saying that the attractions they have in that park usually have some of the longer lines consistently. Right. So, you know, even if you were to figure out how not to crisscross back and forth and hit everything, you're going to be standing in line a lot longer than what you probably think you would be doing as well. Right, exactly. So, I know everybody goes on vacation. And you want to kind of rest and relax and everything. And there's time for that at Disney, but it's not when everybody wants to do it. You know, everybody wants to sleep in, they're on vacation and, you know, kind of get up and have a leisurely breakfast and then go hit the parks. And it just, that doesn't work. Um, You can... You tell me I can't sleep in Disney? You can sleep in Disney. You can find you a nice park bench once you've used your uh, fast passes in the morning. You can go back to your room in the afternoon and take a, you know, a snooze or whatever. But the saying the early bird gets the worm is very true when you're at Disney World because you're going to beat majority of the crowds in the park. You can accomplish quite a bit early in the morning before you know the throngs of people come filing into all the parks. Yeah, I mean, that is a really good point. You do have to, you don't have to be in there at 9 o'clock in the morning, but 
I don't think you want to be getting in there after 12 o'clock every day. No, especially, not. Especially that the, the parks aren't open as late as they used to be. Because only, I don't know, maybe five years ago, four years ago, especially during the summer, the parks were open till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Now, 11, maybe 12 on a good day, it'll be open till. So mm-hmm. you don't have as many hours and you do need to get in there early enough so you can start hitting some of the attractions. I mean, if you're there before the park opens, you can knock off one, maybe two headliners without using a fast pass. So like you said, early bird gets the worm. I mean, there's people that'll get there an hour early and and just wait for the park to open. Yeah, I'm doing good if I'm there at rope drop. I I can't see getting there that early. Um, You know, I guess another thing would be is taking advantage if they have the... um, What's the thing now where you buy the hard ticket and get in a couple hours early? And oh, the after-hours events? Yeah, 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 if you were to do that. But, um, but you know, getting in before the park opens, that's that's tough, especially if you have a large group that you're with or, you know, you have a couple of people that want to try and sleep in a little bit. You kind of have to be somewhat flexible. So uh, getting there, I think, like you said, by 10 is, is a pretty good goal to try to accomplish and, and still be able to uh, avoid most of the crowds i agree that's uh, i think 10 is a good time i think i think typically we're usually about a half hour 45 minutes after the park opens on average sometimes it's we're there when park opens but it's usually about a half hour 45 minutes yeah we shoot for we're dropping we normally get there about 10 so. right <laughs> <laughs> um one of the th- one one major thing is i think that you have to do as a parent is that you I don't think that you should force your kids to see a character if, yes. because it, it can be especially if you have young kids you know they could be terrorized for life if you're going to force them to go up to Mickey Mouse I mean Kelsey was sort of like that where she would not go up to a, a character at all uh, especially like Mickey or Minnie uh, she was a little bit better with the princesses as she got a little bit older, but when she was younger, you know, we ha- still we have to like hold her away from the characters. She will not get close to them. Yeah, I'm I'm still scarred from when I had to go stand next to Jiminy Cricket in January that my wife wouldn't let me leave without taking a picture with him. So, well, Jiminy can be scary. He's green. Well, he's like vomit. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a pink <laughs> green. But but I mean, and that can also be take it in consideration if you're going to do a character dining now you can let the cast member know that's walking around with the the character to kind of bypass the table but that's another thing to take into consideration you don't want to walk in the door like we did at oh man what's the one in uh hollywood studios hollywood and vine yes uh we walked in there and, and you know, my kids didn't mind, but as we walk in, I think Donald was walking by. So if you got that kid that's just completely terrorized of characters and that happens to you, you're probably going to have a hard time getting them to stay in the restaurant to eat dinner that day. Right. Yeah, true. What else you got? Um, one thing that uh, is kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, don't depend on Disney transportation. Oh, yeah. that's a, That's a really good one. Yeah, I mean, yes, when you get down there and you don't have a car, you have to rely on them, but have a backup plan. So, you know, just for example, we decided 
on our uh, on our last day, we were going to go to Disney Springs before we headed to the airport, and we got Disney Springs. We knew what time we had to leave, and we get to catch the bus, and 45 minutes later, the bus comes after the little screen said it was going to be there. I can't remember, noonish or whatever. So we ended up, once we got back to the resort, we had to call an Uber or a cab or something like that, and that's not a cheap thing to do. We probably would have been better off getting an Uber from Springs to our resort as opposed to from our resort to the hotel because I, I want to say that was like 70 or $80 to get us to the, to the airport wow. so we can catch our flight and everything. So just have that backup plan in place so if you get into some type of time constraint, you can go ahead and act on it and not be handcuffed and feel like, oh, hopefully we'll make it and then try to figure out what's what you're going to do when you can't make it. Right. Yeah, I, I, I get that. It's and I, I have been taking advantage of using Uber more and more in the parks, and especially really more when I'm at Disney Springs, just because it's a long walk just to get to the bus, and there's no guarantee of how long it's going to take, and it's the, the walk to the Uber spots almost just as long. And at mm-hmm. least you'll know that you're going to get you back to your room, you know, in 15 minutes. Your Uber will be there just going to hop in it's going to take you to the room so you don't have to wait around so you know you just want to know that and then sometimes like you're at the resort and like you said it says you know five minutes going to be here and here was some five minutes turns into 20 minutes and you're still not there you're losing valuable park time so sometimes you just want to bite the bullet and jump on that uber and and spend whatever it's going to be to get there yeah uber taxi cab i mean i know some people We'll rent a car just for a backup plan. I mean, to me, that's right. a little that's it, a little excessive because rental cars aren't exactly cheap. No. But uh, but you know, just to have that peace of mind that you know, if the buses doesn't work, you know, we do have this backup plan so that you can uh, take off. And, and and I know a lot of people that just refuse to use the buses. They'll use any other means necessary for they you know, rely on a, getting on a bus. Right. Uh. Another thing that I think you have to do is that you have to be aware that not all attractions are suitable for everybody <laughs> of all ages. You know, one of those is that uh, is when when Stitch was around. You know, it could Stitch could scare some people more so Alien Encounter, but you know, back in the day, Alien Encounter would scare young kids, and still the same thing can happen when you take a kid, just thinking, you know, I, I think uh, Tower of Terror is 42 inches to ride, I believe, so just because your kid is 42 inches doesn't mean that they're going to be able to emotionally handle that attraction, it yeah. can be a little bit scary, uh, you know, you're going into the dark, and all of a sudden you're going up an elevator, and it drops, and, and you're in complete darkness, so just don't think just because your kid is is tall enough to ride something that it's appropriate for them. And we did that with my youngest brother. Actually, we had went down, and you know he'd gotten on Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain, all these others. So we just strolled right into Holly, Hollywood Studios, right up to Tower of Terror, and jumped on with him in tow, and didn't even realize you know this kid has no idea what falling thirteen floors is actually going to be like. And we got off the attraction, and he was just frozen stiff my mom said she reached over to make sure he was okay and she said it felt like a jackhammer was getting ready to come out of his oh, chest geez. so uh so yeah just just kind of you know they they have things up kind of describing the ride and everything so 
just kind of you know breeze through those and make sure that okay yeah he's done this he does done this or if he hasn't kind of maybe you know prep them or, or see how they would feel or just read the reactions there's so many families you see they get down there and they're dragging kids kicking and screaming on rides they're like i paid for this you're getting on this ride i know you hear that a lot don't you yeah you're just you're causing more damage than anything yeah i always feel i feel bad for i understand the parents viewpoint i, I get it because i mean disney is not cheap and you're spending literally a hundred dollars a day just to get into the park so i understand that but you you really cannot force your kid to do that because it's just not going to work out in the end well and i mean it just ends up you know each ride after that they're, they're kind of they're already terrorized so it's just going to be harder and harder to get them to you know get trust you to get on to something that you know oh it's, this is not bad you'll be okay and then right you've already you've already thrown that out the window yeah good point so the last thing that that i can really think of is and this actually goes for people that have, haven't been yet people that have been many many times but don't get fixated and focused on one thing make sure you take everything in because the parks are so so well done from top to bottom you know wall to wall there's so many things to to see and do take pictures of stuff there's so many things that are you know it's it's a mention of a certain movie or of a certain person and you know just for instance the the main street windows i mean there's so much history just on those that you can learn quite a bit of not just disney history but about these people that you know put their blood sweat and tears into all these parks and everything so you know, look up and look down and look all around and you know just take everything in and not just you know i'm fixated on this next ride or where we're going to go eat or, or what you know the next thing on the agenda is you know that's a good point i mean it's best basically like stop and smell the roses and and, and don't take anything around you for granted because it's Yes, it's a theme park. Yes, it has attractions. But what you don't realize is that, especially when you walk into the Magic Kingdom, that Main Street USA is an attraction unto itself. There's yeah. so much going on there. There's so much to see. There's character interaction going on. You know, just um, you know, take the time and and don't rush to walk through here, through there. You know, it's not a it's not a mall per se, like of, of just shops. It goes beyond that. Look around. Look. Look at the smaller details and, and try to appreciate the artists that have built this incredible place for you to come visit. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, and, and it wasn't till I don't know, maybe within the last couple of years, I never knew that the way Main Street was set up, that, that Walt designed it to be like you were, quote unquote, walking into a movie, you know, with the, yeah. you know, the gradual progression and the credits rolling with the, the names and everything and then you get the big reveal with the castle so uh, that in itself is, is just to me it's amazing the thought and the detail that goes into uh, the different parks and the designs and layouts and everything yeah uh, it's true um, the last thing I just want to mention would be that like if you do plan to uh, stay off site I mean it's, it's very convenient to stay on site in Disney but we all know that the prices are getting really, really out of hand or out of touch, maybe, per se. But if you're staying off-site, make sure you choose a place that is fairly close to Walt Disney World. Don't You don't want to be doing a 45-minute hour ride to get to 
the Magic Kingdom, whatever park it is, because you have to realize that, especially somebody who's not used to all that walking, you could end up walking 10, 15 miles per day. And if you're not used to doing that, because the, the average person probably walks to maybe three miles per day, uh, which isn't really a whole lot. So you're, if you're not used to that and then you have an hour ride home, your legs are not going to be happy that ride home or the next day. Yeah, I mean, just for example, I mean, I knew what we were getting ourselves into, but last year when we went, uh, we went and stayed at Vero Beach and we drove up to Hollywood Studios for the day just to see Toy Story Land. And I knew what was waiting for us because it was middle July. So crowds were up, heat was up. It was, I think it's right at a two hour drive. And I knew coming home, that was going to be probably the longest two hours. Right. Because, I mean, again, it's, you know, the middle of Florida. There's not a whole lot of scenery between Orlando and Vero Beach. So it was a, it wasn't horrible, but it was a lot worse than what I probably would have, you know, originally willingly signed up for. Right. So I couldn't imagine, you know, at two hours, I don't think a lot of people would be staying that far and trying to commute back and forth, you know, multiple days. Right. But, you know, having to do half the distance or whatever and, and do that consistently for three or four days, yeah, that you would be dreading each day by the time you get you know, to lunchtime because you, like, just know what's looming at the end of the day waiting for you. Right, yeah. All right. So I think that's going to do it for this week. Anything else? Um, the only other thing I can think of is don't go pushing buttons on the CM's podium and don't punch him in the face when you don't have a fast pass. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Do not do that. Not a good idea. <laughs> or fight with your family in the middle of Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. That either. That's, uh, yeah. Behave, you know, be a good person. Pay it right. forward. Buy somebody a Coke. <laughs> All right. So we want to thank our sponsors, Kingdom Strollers. Get your premium stroller and crib rentals at kingdomstrollers.com. Let the vacation experts at mousepros.com help plan your next perfect Disney vacation. Don't forget to check out our store at redbubble.com slash podcast. You can connect with us uh, yeah, You can connect with us on social media. Find us on Facebook and channel at Tiki Talk, Instagram and Twitter at Tiki Talk Podcast. You can leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline at 2564 That's 256-469-8454. If you enjoy the show please to take blah blah please take the time to rate us on itunes you can find me on a twitter at one minute disney dream that's one m-i-n disney dream mousewellvacations.com you can find keys somewhere over the rainbow Ooh, that's a good one yeah uh i'm on twitter at matt goes dopey and instagram at mpoly579 all right so that's it for this week alan take it away Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith, I'm Alan, and this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha. Enchanted Tiki Talk has been brought to you by MousePros.com. Let us plan your perfect Disney vacation. And by KingdomStrollers.com for all your premium stroller and crib rental needs. For all of us here, I'm David Benter. Thanks for listening to Enchanted Tiki Talk.